At the Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo, some of our bottles can be remade in a whole new way, using 100% recycled plastic. New bottles using no new plastic, except the caps and labels. Learn more at madetoberemade.org. There's a roller coaster that they say is the fastest roller coaster in the world, Colossus, and your hair was going back like that, your eyes were all big, and you're like, wow, is this thing going to end because I'm really not having a lot of fun right now? Syracuse football is 3-0. Welcome into the Orange Zone podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on our CMY Central YouTube page for this podcast that's going to be dropping every Wednesday this fall. We're back here. We're in studio. I'm Tommy Sladak. We have Samantha Crossan and Brendan Hodges, producer in the corner. What a moment. What a game at the Dome. Deafening. Deafening. Honestly, that is one of the first words that comes to mind. Blew out our camera. I yeah, mean, our, our, camera our speaker speakers, could not hear it. Rest in peace. Cannot, the microphone, whatever you want to call it, that Caleb Okachukwu interception, the pick six. It could not handle it. Overmodulated beyond belief. But <laughs> these mics sound good. I got to say that. I'll give it a lot of credit. But if you missed it, Syracuse beating Purdue 32 to 29, a 9 to 3 halftime score, six touchdowns in the fourth quarter, four lead changes. This was memorable. That was the thing. Dynamic versatile fun that fourth quarter i don't know that there's going to be a fourth quarter for the rest of the year that is quite like that one it showed a lot of heart a lot of hustle just showing the way that big players were able to step up in those moments and coach dino babers had said it hey maybe this wasn't garrett schrader's best performance might give it a b compared to some other a's or even a pluses that he's had earlier on in the season but hey now i mean he got it he figured out a way to get that done so i think that's what leaders do in big moments yeah, Samantha was on the field. I was up in the press box doing some social. Brendan, you were at home at the game? I was here. You were here? <laughs> yeah, I so was, was at, He was at work. Uh, for those of you who don't remember how we introduced ourselves last week, I we all have actual day jobs that we do. He's yeah, involved doing sports full-time. Sam's involved doing news and sports combined. Mm-hmm. Mine's involving doing sports one day and producing news the rest. So I was sitting at a desk about 50 feet that way, watching the game on the TV from across the room and wishing I was there with you guys. So that's when you know. Yeah. I mean, you even mentioned you know. it, Sam. Your mom said, I want to go to a game. That's, that really that should tell is you everything. You know. No, I think that that really speaks volumes because... My mom, great, lover, and she's definitely a fan of sports, but you know, a casual fan. So the fact that she can watch some of the recaps and be able to see those clips and see the excitement and energy, the pick six, I threw that on Twitter. I think that's what made her so excited is seeing the fan reaction. So shout out to the fans. I mean, first and foremost, these players, we have a lot to talk about, but wow. I mean, the dome, it wasn't packed fully, but it felt that way. Sure felt that way. The players even said it. They were like, that was that was the loudest I've heard it. Oh, yeah. The Purdue media that were, that was there, they said that was the loudest venue they've been in. And that place was not packed. So it just goes to show not only the noise that's being brought, but what that place could be if it's filled up. And you know, we appreciate people commenting on our sights and sounds from over the weekend. If you haven't checked it out, if you were at the game, see if we have a shot of you in the stands. Some really great, <laughs> authentic moments. But there was a comment in the, in the comment section saying, Syracuse, in Kansas, the feel-good stories of this year. We have some blue blood, blue blood basketball programs, or 
that really are have a three and zero football program right now. I know. It's great to see. But as for that game, Garrett Schrader earning ACC Player of the Week at quarterback. Really, from that play, his first half was not good. Well, right, wasn't even his best performance. So it actually surprised me a little bit to mm-hmm. see him win that award. I think it's the value of what that throw meant. Oh yeah. And from that alone, I was like, I guess I think they're right here. The throw was a dime. He had a player in his face. It was really that play and maybe one after that. Seven seconds, he was able to get it to a Rondé Gatson, his second touchdown of the game. And again, he said after the game, he said, you, it was not a good start for me. He's a good thing for team football. You had the defense and special yep. teams coming up big. No touchdowns there in that first half. But we come to find out that a bit of a team sickness happening. Garrett wasn't made available last Tuesday. Certainly didn't look himself. Mm. You know, he, of course... Took, took the blame for his performance, but we were able to catch up with Garrett on Tuesday. And, and yeah, he basically said there was, there was something going around, and he's happy the team was able to still get it done. We want no, to play I'm that. I'm not going to talk about that, but, no, we did have some sickness going around. Testament to our team, you know, when you can play as sloppy as we did, you know, offensively in the first half and then um, come out and, you know, get a, get a win against a team like that. You know, it's, it's pretty impressive. feels good, and uh, just try not to do that again. Yeah, so there you go. Garrett's saying some guys feeling under the weather, but end of the day, he's like, I hope we don't have a start like that again. But they were able to recover and get it done. And you know what? That accountability piece sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that so quickly after he's able to say, listen, wasn't my best performance. I appreciate the fact that there are other guys on the team who had my back. And they did. I mean, that pick six, I will not forget that play for the rest of the year. That really, in my opinion, is the play that was the turning point that got the crowd going absolutely berserk. And it was the whole the whole defense stepped up in that moment. Oh, yeah. Why did, have, why did Aiden O'Connell, who started the game 13 for 14, by the way, he was tremendous at the start. Why did he have so much time in the pocket? Obviously, you got to give some credit to the secondary for shutting it down. You got to give some credit to JT for actually getting a hold of him which ended up with Caleb Okutuku taking it in for a pick six. And it was. It was, a, it was a tremendous moment. And really, if you were there, the energy, the noise, something special. And here we are. Syracuse is 3-0, and and we have some votes. We have votes. Even printed it out. I know. This is how you know it's impressive. I'm telling you. What do we got, Sam? What do we got, AP? How many? Listen, got to get my paper in front of me here. AP? Seven votes. Okay. Hey, that's something. We talked about this. We said they at least should be in the conversation if they're able to win this game. Well, and here right. We are. And that was the discussion. Should they be in the national conversation? And the fact that they're getting votes, that shows me something. They also got 24 votes in the AFCA coaches poll. That shows me more. It's a totally different kind of feeling, knowing that other coaches are seeing, hey, this team has some real value, and we're only early into the season. But – Exciting. Last six into the AP top 25 college football poll. We got Florida, Wake Forest, mm-hmm. ACC, Texas, Texas A&M, Pitt, ACC Miami, ACC, ACC, And Florida so, State receiving 85 votes. So very much there is a chunk of, of some conference foes there in the, in the, I would say, fringe top 25 and those that, are, that, have, that have snuck in there. So shows the competition. Shows and what's coming up, and we'll be playing a few of those teams. I also think it's interesting just to take a quick look at some others receiving votes mm-hmm. in that AP poll. You got Michigan State, Florida State, ACC, Washington State, North Carolina. Any stick out to you on this list? I think 
really just going back to it is you have some really big names and then you have some names that maybe you're not as used to seeing in the top there. Appalachian State obviously had game day in town, one of the most dramatic finishers we've seen in a while. And not to drift off and, and bring us back into back into cues here, but again, it's it's a team that we thought would be in the conversation if they beat Purdue. They got it done. Purdue might be the best one and two teams in the country. Mm. And I say that because you look back in week one, and it's hard to tell what's going on week one. But Purdue lost to Penn State, a team that blew out Auburn over the weekend, and a team that is starting to sneak into the top 15, top 10 in some of these polls. So I got to give a lot of respect to the Boilermakers. That finish to that game was something else. Man, <laughs> Some oh man. big unsportsmanlike conduct calls. We saw all the craziest kicks of all time. It was pretty crazy. crazy. And honestly, yeah. the, the unsportsmanlike conduct, that's something we discussed. Not to bring it back to that, but I really, that was crazy to me because we've discussed whether or not that legitimately might have changed the outcome of the game. That is how apparent some of those calls were, bringing SU up on that last drive in. The only completion was the touchdown pass to Ronde Gaston. <laughs> and they were kicking off from their 10-yard line. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out online. Twitter, Sam and I, I'm sure, have shared multiple pictures of it. Yeah, we got it the, is the strangest. Sounds. It is the strangest shot you've ever seen as I'm kicking off from their 10-yard line. Courtney Jackson had a nice return. Nothing crazy. It's maybe 25 yards. But guess what? That 25 yards took him to the 50. A few plays later, and there's a P.I. called on Isaiah Johnson, who we should mention is, quote, likely out for the season. Came off holding his arm, but there was a P.I. call that put them down the field, and there you have a 25-yard touchdown pass to seal this one. But the fans, it was it was incredible, and Dino giving them some praise, yeah? I was more than satisfied with the noise that they, they pumped in. Now, this Friday night at 7 o'clock, we need to bring it. I mean, the whole country needs to see exactly what it's like to go to school here and be a part of what's going on in the Dome and in the Loud House. There you have it. Dino on talking about this Friday night game. And it is a 7 o'clock start against UVA, the Cavaliers coming into town. And it's going to be on national TV. And the best part about Friday games is you're really not competing with too many others. So you're going to be having a lot of extra eyes on this one. UVA coming in 2-1. and one, Wins over Old Dominion. Just squeaked by him. Last second field goal over the weekend. The losses to Tommy DeVito's Illinois team, 24-3. to And then in that first week, they took down Richmond. So lower Division I program here. And the thing that sticks out more than anything, Sam, is Robert and I and Jason Beck, Syracuse's offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach in their first year with the Orange, coming over from UVA. It's pretty big. And you got to, it's hard to imagine what's going through their minds knowing that they're going to be coaching against their former team so soon. And obviously, it brings a, a few questions as to what type of advantage this gives Syracuse, what type of advantage maybe Virginia has knowing those coaches. And Dino had some interesting, interesting things to say. I'm sure that there'll be some, maybe some hugs and hellos either before or after the game. Either way, it doesn't bother me. The game is the game. But we need to, as a family, we need to understand that it's bigger than all that. We, it's, it's about Syracuse versus Virginia. And uh, we need to bottle up that emotion until the final whistle, the final clock ticks zero, and then they can unleash some of that stuff. 
And at his press conference Monday morning, Coach Dino Baber saying, listen, they have to put all of that emotion, all of that energy aside. And that's a tough thing to do. You know, you have players who you've coached, players who I'm sure maybe feel like sons in a way, kind of knowing that you have to put that on the back burner because you have a new family. But Coach Dino Baber says, hey, we want all those hugs and high five and praises after and before the game. But during the game, we have to know this is business. And I think definitely there are so many advantages there. It's really a cool situation. It's Mm -hmm. a feel-good situation at the end of the day. It's always kind of nice to be able to see your old players, but also just the advantages that they must have having both of these guys who are already doing an incredible job transforming the offense, to say the least, on their staff. Not to mention, they know a little bit about what has gone on with Virginia in the past, too. So being able to give some insight, I definitely say that helps with the practice. Yeah, I mean, you had a, an offense and these guys showing the Syracuse players some Virginia tape just to be like, this is how things are going oh, yeah. to be looking. This is what we're looking for in this type of play. And these were guys that had this UVA offense third overall numbers last season, led by a, a quarterback with 4,000-plus yards. Is that right? Is that right, Brendan? 4,500. 4, like 4,500. 40, like 44. Let's adjust that. I think 4,449 was the number. 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, which doesn't seem great, but it's it's really good for the college game. He's a lefty too, so it's a different look that you're gonna, that you're really going to get from any other team in the country. Yeah, and Armstrong obviously the big name that that sticks out, but from just your your feel for them, Sam, what's uh what's your feeling towards UVA right now well, heading into week 4? I mean, man, first of all, this quarterback those numbers Sickening. Mm-hmm. I, sickening. And Coach Dino Baber like said it. He, I mean, yeah, listen, last year, okay, last year, establishing single-season program records for total yards on offense, 4,700 passing yards, 4,500 passing touchdowns, 31 in the Cavaliers' 6-6 six and six season. I mean, Coach Dino Baber said it. He says every single week when you say, what sticks out? He says, I know I'm going to start sounding like a broken record. But we are facing a better quarterback than the last quarterback that we played every single week. He said that about O'Connell, and again this week he says, and I know you're going to say that I can't say it again. That's right, I just said that about O'Connell, but you're wrong. It's I'm true, telling though. you. They've been some, they, we've had very big names. Outside of, outside of UConn, it's three names that people know very well. Oh, yeah. Malik Cunningham, Brennan Armstrong, and, and this past week, Aiden O'Connell. But if you ask anyone in their fan base compared to what they've seen from this offense mm. last year, it's not the same feel. Mm. And again, you can't help but think about the impact of, of having an eye in Beck gone. We know the impact that we've seen so far here in Syracuse with them being here has been so evident. Just the play calling, some of the stuff they've thrown out there. You even had backup running back LaQuinn Allen looking to throw Garrett Schrader, the Philly special, was over his head. That was disappointing. The, the, the audible <laughs> groan. So, you, 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 I want to see that play work at some point Who in the does? season. Who doesn't, right? It doesn't even matter. Sometimes even if it's the, if it's the, the team that, that you're, going, you're going up against, your favorite team's playing, you're going up against the other team, and they pull something like that, you can't help but be like, whoa. <laughs> Everyone loves a trick play, and we've seen them toss a few things out there, and it's, it's refreshing. But again, this, this offense, Brandon Armstrong, clearly not his same numbers from last year at this pace. Again, we are only three weeks in the season. I and it does that. take a little bit of adjusting, too. Totally. It takes some adjusting. So you want to see how this team ends up doing in week five, week six, week seven, under new leadership. That's mm-hmm. been an interesting theme, too, just playing teams who, again, first-year coaches, and SU has two of them right now. So it's just interesting to see the way teams either change for the better or for the worse. 
Not to mention you have UVA and a new coach with Elliott. Guy comes over from Clemson in his first year. Not an easy task, especially in the way this ACC is shaken up this year. A few teams making some surprises. I know Dino Babers made a mention of Keaton Thompson yesterday. Uh, seems to be wide receiver one. I have 18 catches, 235 yards. It's an average of 13 per play. So you look at a guy that when he's making catches, it's downfield. It's a lot of the times for first downs. They have two guys like this that are tall. Uh, I know he made a mention of him. Something interesting when you do a little digging, former quarterback for Mississippi State. You know who else was a former quarterback for Mississippi State? Garrett Schrader. So these two were in the quarterback room together for a year in 2019 before both making the decision to transfer. Keaton Thompson moves to receiver. Garrett Schrader comes to the Orange to play to play the quarterback position. But he he had a lot of praise for him. He's like smart player. And he's like, it's interesting to, and he's like, you know, I'm happy for him and interesting to see that we went two different routes after this. Check that out. Yeah. That's our fun fact of the week. We've seen, we've had a few of these. I was going to say, you always come in with some kind of fun fact. I think I've gotten lucky because Charlie Jones and Aiden O'Connell being childhood teammates, that was pretty special too. That was, and you could see it in their play. Mm -hmm. Wow. That chemistry. Just saying. Yeah. And as, as for Armstrong, again, even though the numbers may not be matching, 52% completion, he's still a dangerous guy, and he's going to have his moments. He's a lefty. He's thrown three picks, but still, we've seen what he can do at his best. And Caleb Okachukwu, guy that's going to be tasked with looking to get pressure on him, looking to get that ball out of his hands, if not tackle him with the ball in his hands or make that pop out. Making a mention of what he's seen, and he sees a guy that plays like a veteran looking to go to the next level. Really just his comfortability of the game. Like, obviously, he plays like he wants to go to the next level. So, I understand that what he... This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. He wants to do with the ball, what he's seeing, uh, all the different looks that he sees, how he makes adjustments, something that we see too, so. Well, and we wanted to find out more about this Virginia football program, so we talked to someone who bleeds orange and blue from two different schools. He went to Virginia, he went to Newhouse with us, and his name is Zealand Shannon. Play-by-play broadcaster, immersed himself fully in the Virginia community. He also went to school there, and he had a lot to say about what he thinks this team is capable of this year. Welcome in, everyone. Samantha Crossin alongside Zealand Shannon. He has a lot of different broadcasting experience throughout the ACC. Virginia being one of those schools, and he also went there. How you doing, Zealan? I, I did, yeah. I'm doing well. I'm nervous for this game this weekend, though, I'll tell you. You're nervous. Well, honestly, I mean, that makes me feel good. Makes me feel good about Syracuse's chances. And this is four downs with Zealan Shannon. So I got to start out by asking, this team is 2-1 and one going into the SU game. What's that feeling from the fan base and from broadcasters such as yourself heading into this matchup? Oh, it's not, it's not a lot of optimism. It, it's not. Uh, it, the new coach, Tony Elliott, we believe as a fan base that he's going to get us pointed in the right direction again. But we had this peak a few years ago where we went to the ACC title game and we were really good and we had Bryce Perkins. I don't know if you remember him, but he just was racking up the yards, a dual threat quarterback. 
Uh, and then we, we went down Bronco Mendenhall, who was our head coach leaves unexpectedly. So things have been in a weird spot. And look, we needed a last second field goal to beat old dominion. I don't think they're terrible, but that's not a good sign. We played Illinois. We got absolutely handled and our offense seems like a really significant problem. So there is not a lot of confidence going into going into this game or about this team, even though we did find a way to win the game. I, I don't think we've hit our stride yet. And you mentioned Tony Elliott, first year head coach coming out of Clemson. And I wonder how you think of his performance so far this season. I think he's got a lot of work to do. I think that the Virginia fan base is willing to give him time. Uh, we don't consider ourselves a, a football school. I don't consider ourselves like I don't consider us a football school at all. So when we got really good, it was a surprise. We're very happy we got Tony Elliott because somebody with a national championship ring with credentials like being a coordinator at Clemson, I didn't think that we would be able to get a coach like that. So he has a long leash, but it has been a bit of a frustrating start. He's shown a lot of frustration on the sideline, particularly in the old Dominion game. We turned the ball over a whole bucket of times. And it's just the team isn't playing good football, even if it has some talent and is capable of, of winning games. So he has a long leash. There's not like the seat is hot or anything, even though I don't think the team is playing that well, but he doesn't feel like he's instituted his style, his people yet. So the game could go a lot of different directions with him at the helm, even though he does have the backing of the school right now. We, we really like Tony Elliott and believe he can take the program back to an ACC championship game at some point in the next couple of years. Now, we have discussed at length Brennan Armstrong on our podcast and his influence. I'd like to know another player who you think we should keep our eyes on. Oh, now the, the, there's a guy that involves himself in different facets of the game that you don't really know where he's going to pop up in the offensive game plan, but you will notice him over the course of the game. He's impossible to miss, mainly because he's huge and he wears number 99. His name is Keteon Thompson. And he is an excellent hands receiver wing back. They'll hand the ball off to him a couple of times a game. And it seems when Virginia got stuck, especially against old dominion, which is the most relevant. It was last week. They would just throw the ball up to Thompson and he would come down with it. He has glue for hands. It's really impressive. Uh, and he gets a, just an incredible amount of the percentage of the offense, his way for a guy that doesn't even have a clearly defined position. So if Brennan Armstrong's getting stuck, if he feels like he can't trust his other receivers, Keetan Thompson is going to be the guy that the ball goes to the big number 99. All right. Well, we'll look out for him. I hate to put you on the spot, but I have to do it because we already submitted our picks. What are you thinking is the final Ooh. four of this game? I look, I, this is perhaps the most divisive game in my own mind. Cause I went to Virginia for undergrad. I went to Syracuse for grad school. Uh, I, I, so uh, maybe that means I can be entirely objective here where maybe nobody else can. I think Syracuse is a better football team right now. I think that the only way Virginia wins this game is if Brennan Armstrong finds the Brennan Armstrong from last season or the season before that Brennan Armstrong is not here. Now that Brennan Armstrong was a top three round pick in the NFL. And he's the guy that has the all-time career passing yards leader. Uh, there is the all-time career passing yards leader for Virginia, which is an incredible record to have. If he can magically reappear in this game, I think Virginia can win. I think that's the only way Virginia wins. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Syracuse wins this football game. I think Syracuse wins this football game. Ugly 21 to 17. Count it. We'll be looking forward to it. Zeal and Shannon, everyone. Thanks for your time. Thank you.
Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see a very much so Virginia fan base at the JMA Wireless Dome this upcoming Friday. All the more reason for us to pack the domes, show up and show out. And we already know kind of where Zeeland Shannon sits on mm -hmm. this, but we got to know what your guys' picks are, what my pick is. Got to have that locked in the book. Let's get to it. Predictions. All right. Been waiting this whole show for it. Can't wait. <laughs> Tommy, start us off. We getting it going? All right. Here's the deal, guys. I'll give you the score right away and then the explanation. Going Syracuse 38, UVA 13. Spread we're seeing right now is right around 10. Tell me we have the same one again. Is it right on? Not not Virginia. But I is there a, I wish there was a way to zoom in on this camera. I have SU 38. 38, and what is that, 24? Yeah. Okay, I feel a little bit better about that. <laughs> Last week we were one point off? One point off. One point we off? We do not show each other. I should just I say, swear. Sam is also the only person who missed the spread last week. I know. Yeah. <laughs> just because you said it was, it went from... of the two-point conversion. It was a half point, and then by the time the game rolled around. But theoretically, and again, can't really be betting the, the New York college teams in New York, but theoretically you would have at that moment... Bet a half a point. Mm. So you would have won your bet. Yeah. You know? So I, I think I think I feel better I think Brendan, about it, I think we, we I think we win three and oh last week. I do. He's thinking about it. He did say <laughs> right around a field goal too, and that did happen. I don't think anyone had thirty two twenty nine. That was a funky score. It was a yeah. funky score the whole time. But yep. anyway, reeling it back in. Why Syracuse is going to have thirty eight? Why UVA is going to have thirteen? Garrett Trader had nine touch passing touchdowns last year. All of last year. Granted. Came in to officially start week four. He is eight already. Eight already, including a game in this past week where he went 13 for 29. just a 44% completion rate. In those first two games, we saw the 80%. And from what it sounds like, he was maybe feeling a little bit under the weather last week. He seemed to be feeling good. Now, I see that as an immediate impact. I also see a UVA team that put up three points against Illinois. I see a UVA team that put up 16 points against ODU. I see them struggling to score on this Syracuse defense. Charlie Jones got the best of the orange. I'd say. I don't see Keaton Thompson in this Cavalier offense having the same deal. I see a touchdown and two field goals. I see Armstrong moving the ball down the field. Found this a little bit shocking here, and this will help kind of bring it all together. I guess this should give a little bit more credit to UVA in terms of the way their offense is actually getting yards, is that these two teams are pretty neck and neck in the middle of the ACC in yards per game and just over 400. But you look at the average points, Syracuse 37, UVA 17. So I think they do get down the field a few times. I think it ends up in a field goal on the offense on the other side. Garrett has its moments. Gadsden is starting to stick out as that wide receiver run. And Sean Tucker, who was quiet as a mouse has his moments, splits this defense open a few times, and it's going to be a high score, and this dome is going to be loud. Home field advantage, huge here in 2022. And that's the other thing. You bring up Sean Tucker. First of all, his tweet, he was not pleased with his performance. Not pleased. Mm, it hurts the soul. It made me upset that he was not pleased with his performance. You wanted to be yeah. pleased with his performance. But knowing that, I mean, that's why, again, SU38 – same as you, it happens. But I think that, you know, Sean Tucker wasn't maybe at his best. Garrett Schrader wasn't at his best. And this has been a high-scoring offense since the beginning of the year. They've proven that time and time again. No reason not to bet on that happening again. I went Virginia 24. I think 
it's they both have the potential to be high-powered scoring offenses. However, again, new offensive leaders, new coaches on the Virginia side. We've said they've struggled a little bit in these first few games getting some points up on the board. Just my gut. It was what I was feeling. It's the first thing that came to my mind. So I'm going 38-24, and we'll see what happens. And Syracuse covers for you. Yeah. Yep. Hodges, what's the word, man? Prediction time. What's the word, Tommy? The word is defense. I'm not even going to focus on the offenses in this game. I, I get here relatively early in the morning, around 9 a.m. for this, around 3 p.m. recording, while you're going to talk to all the players like the big shot you are, and Sam is asleep because she doesn't come in until 2, two o'clock, 2.30 anyway. I, I had this thought in my mind in our text chain. SU hasn't turned the ball over at all this year. They fumbled twice. They've gotten them Zip. both back. Can someone knock on that wood door behind the camera for me real I quick? It. I got it. What is one thing that UVA has done this Turn the ball season? over. Turn the ball over. We mm. already mentioned Brennan Armstrong, three interceptions. They've Great lost point. five of six fumbles this year. That puts them among the worst teams in the nation in terms of turning the ball over. Not margin-wise, but just total-wise. I think the teams that are below them, if I have this right, are like UConn, Hawaii, and there's two other teams I can't remember. Go figure, UConn. There are only five <laughs> teams in the nation, including Syracuse, that haven't turned the ball over. One of them, the national champion from last year, Georgia. One of them a team that we could very well see in the college football playoff this year with a first-year head coach, USC. One is San Jose State, so I, I don't know what that means for them. The other one is a Division I FCS power in James Madison. Go Dukes. Mama Hodges went there. Got to wreck the Dukes. Great campus. I enjoy it, JMU, by the way. JMU is its so fun to watch. Them and North Dakota State, well, they're – and I think South Dakota State, Sam Houston State, there are a lot of states in FCS that Go just do dominate. Dogs. But I think SU turns them over, maybe not early, but a lot more often than they had. I don't think Purdue turned, well, they have the one pick six. That was the only turnover they had. SU turns them over early. They turn them over often. I don't think this is even that close because Garrett mm. Schrader in a short field is lethal. We saw that against UConn. I'm going to go 41-10. Wow. I almost had that. SU makes almost a, had that. Wow. SU makes a statement win. And the reason that they need a statement win is what you guys were talking about earlier with the poll. Yep. This is their second straight home game. They play Wagner at home the week after. Then they host North Carolina State, who is ranked 12th right now in the nation. But they play Clemson before they come here. Hypothetically, let's say Clemson wins that game, which I think we all believe they can and most likely should. Let's say NC State's around 15 to 16 at that point. I don't think SU is ranked before that game, just because UVA and Wagner still aren't what the AP poll voters are looking for. If SU beats NC State in their fourth of four home games, they'll jump up in the top 25 before they have to go to Clemson take on Notre Dame, who has struggled this year, and the rest of the ACC schedule. Syracuse gets a statement win and slowly works their way up towards getting into the top 25. 
I agree with you with the turnover aspect. I think that's going to play a huge role. And like you mentioned, if it if it happens early, I see things going more your way into the 40s because of just the impact on that other team, the, the type of crowd noise that we know that turnover creates. That's the loudest it gets. You can have the big touchdown passes, but if you were there, I think the pick six was actually louder than that, than the touchdown. It was, it was right around the same deal. It was, in my opinion, the loudest play of the game. And I do hope that fans who show up recognize their influence, recognize mm -hmm. the fact that it actually changes, I'm sure in some ways, the outcome of the game. It is so, I can't imagine how it would be even possible to hear in there or to be able to communicate something if there's a miscommunication. That's why you see timeouts getting called. It makes for sloppy play. It's yeah. difficult. I love the dome. I'm so excited. It's the Loud House. They're fitting the name right now. And, and Brandon, I do have to respectfully, respectfully teeter and say that should they blow out and, and take care of Virginia here and take care of Wagner the way that they're supposed to and head into that bye week at 5-0, and depending on how this fringe top 25 looks, I do think that we could see them sneaking in there at number 25 right around that bye week. Maybe I mean, if somebody loses at the bottom, too. Yeah. You so have it, a couple of teams ahead of them, but... There's a chance that they up maybe less on what Syracuse does and more on what goes on around I them. I think but Clemson, NC State, and Florida State all play each other before they play SU. Well, someone, well someone's that's, dropping down. Someone's that's going what I'm up, saying. So, so it'll work out pretty nice, but um, I love that. And we got to get to Brendan's impossible trivia question of the week. Stumped last week. We're going to be doing a stopwatch to speed things up. First of all, can I just say, SU's 3-0. You guys are both 0-1. I know you got the right answer last week after five tries. You only get three strikes in baseball and four downs in football. I don't There's need no, to go through this again with you. This is not Colorado against Missouri again, back in the 90s. 80s quarterbacks is not in my repertoire, uh, okay. nor is it Sam's. Well, do, do you want the question or no? Stopwatch. One minute. It hurts my feelings. You're going to start it after I read the question, right? We're going to start when after I got you the read the question. Right. Sam and I will have one minute to answer Brendan's well, question. Okay, 30 seconds in. There will be a hint? Yes. I would say we go full. I, I would say if we're completely stuck okay. from the gum, okay. we'll ask for the hint. But I say we go full minute we go trying to get minute, it on our own. We think about it. And then okay. we have an extra 30 seconds after that hint comes in at one minute. Bang. We try to get it. You should at least be able to guess this one, too. All right. You ready? Read yep. it off, and then I'll hit it. Here's the question. So Syracuse has taken on the Virginia Cavaliers five times in program history. Yep. Their last win coming in 1977. Closest to the pin, how many points did the Orange score in that win? That was the last win over UVA? That was their last win over UVA. The last time they played them was in 2015, which is wild to say, me, it, by the way. It's, this is the seven, eight-year rotation that we're seeing with the way the ACC is set up. That, thank goodness, is going to be getting switched, and we'll be seeing a lot more matchups. Yeah. Um, you can start the timer now. So the score, so what is the, qu the question? The question. One more How time. many points did Syracuse score in the win? Mm, okay. Closest to the pin. Whoever's closest wins for the week and gets right. bragging rights. We are starting off. Sam, I'm going to let you go first, but if we're, we're working together on this. Because of the way the question is phrased, we're looking at either higher or lower. Or like a high score or a very low score. We're at 15 seconds. It feels that way, knowing Brendan. Mm. It's, it's here or here. So one of us goes high and one of us goes low. One of us. What are you in. leaning towards? I'm gonna go low. Okay, I I feel like it's more low too. So would guess. you would you like the hint? 
No, not yet. We're only at 30 seconds. We guess once. You, we both get a guess here. I'll give you, I'll give you three strikes like last week because that's only fair, okay. right? All right. That sounds good. All right. Timer coming off. It's less right. of a, we don't really need a hint here. Ten. Do I say it now? Do, do you have an answer? I'm going to say six. No Tommy Slater! <laughs> 1977. Syracuse beat me? Virginia. Six <laughs> to three. Six to three. Now, the, now, the thing is, the average point <laughs> The average point scored in SU wins. There have been two of them over Virginia. 21 and a half. Okay. They beat them in 75, 37 to nothing, mm. and then beat them 6-3 in 77. Wow. So we Virgi were close to going the other way. By the way, Virginia's won the last three, with the last two coming by a combined score of nine points. Interesting. Very interesting. Well done. All right. That well done, Tommy. All impressive. And you said my trivia is too hard. That was good. I like that this question. Was this was much better. Better than the Alabama quarterbacks. <laughs> I did like the flexibility of this. I'm, we were on the same page yes. with it going low. Yes. And, and I appreciate it. You know what? Teamwork makes yeah. the dream work. And a little you wanted to work with me on it, man. A little rule of thumb is, is the farther back you go in football, the lower you pick your score. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Our news director said that this morning. Yeah. I, I, he said nine. And I asked him, what was your logic? He was like, it was the 70s. No one scored back then. <laughs> a few teams got it. A few teams got it. But that's it, folks. Friday night, Syracuse taking on UVA, looking to go 4-0. 4-0. Wagner after that would be 5-0 if they get it done Friday night. Oh, night games have just been the story so far this year. They've 7 o'clock start. ESPN, nationally televised game. Make sure you're liking and subscribing. Thank you so much for tuning in to Orange Zone for this week. We are so, so excited to be doing this and giving this platform to Syracuse fans interact with us. And make sure you're dropping in your predictions in the comments section. Someone nails it. You're getting a you're getting a audio party next week. We will be giving you guys a shout-out <laughs> and just really what you have to say. Thanks for watching. See you later. See you later.